0: Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast,
1: Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. This is Pastor Nate, joined here by Ty Buckingham. We spoke this morning at a Dover location. What's up? And uh, how are you today? I'm good. That's Fun. good. So we have a short time to record this because you're taking off and going to the airport all Good, so it's a way to practice what you preach, right? Yeah. yeah, about hey, I'm I had this fear, and then you just right after the service, yeah, you face your fear, yeah, that's the idea. So, I should probably go to my mother in law's house, yeah, like, right, right after the yeah, service, right. like that should be how I face. I know, I always joke my
0: fear. You just run on a mission strip. I always say, Hey, we do missions all the time, three times a year, we go to Florida to see the in laws, so that's our missions, man, yeah, all the time. They're actually at my house right now, which is funny, that's cool. which is why I'm here. <laughs> Are your in-laws believers? Yeah, crazy believers, actually. They, this is real, they, on average on Sunday, they will watch four different messages. They'll go to their church, they'll watch our church, my sister-in-law's church, and then Andy Stanley up until probably recently, but yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> The um, when I worked at a church in Texas, one of the local pastors used to come to the nine o'clock service. Okay, He'd take his sermon notes and then he'd preach it at his own church. Oh. At his like 1030 or 11 o'clock service. That's crazy. I never
0: heard that before. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: Do you have a good relationship with your in-laws? Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Yeah, they're really cool. I mean, they love that I'm a pastor. They think it's the coolest thing ever. My father-in-law almost, always calls me preacher man, which is funny because I don't- Are you sure he's not being sarcastic? I'm 90% sure. <laughs> I know he's funny, but it's always funny because he's like, oh yeah, because he, you know, they're they're, uh, they're immigrants from El Salvador. Like they they have the coolest story of like, they, they were like, they came with a suitcase and 50 bucks and a scholarship. And now they're, they just retired, really successful, all the cool things. But yeah, they love um, that, that I'm a preacher, but but it's funny, I don't ever consider myself a preacher because I don't really preach, you know? Like I'm more, I try to just talk or tell stories and yeah, I get it, I get the idea, but it's right. always very funny because they will introduce me all the time. This is our, fo- our son-in-law, he's a preacher, you know, preaching message. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, but that's like the worst way to describe at least my personality of it. Right. You know, if you don't me. have a towel to wipe the sweat off your brow,
1: not the can sun. you really be classified yeah, yeah, yeah. as a preacher? Yeah,
0: not yeah, not yet. That's funny. But yeah, but they're cool. That's awesome. So they're hanging out with my my six-month-old son now. So they, they come up every couple, three months or something. They drive up from Florida and, you know, hang out for a couple days.
1: So obviously the last time you were here, I don't think you guys were even expecting... No, because we were
0: here two years ago. Yeah. So yeah, we, yeah we um, we went on a make vacation. If you've ever heard of those, so you go on a vacation to make a child. So I no, never heard of those before. You should go on one; <laughs> they're amazing. Uh, right. So we were we went uh, on a vacation. We were actually gone for like two weeks, which is crazy. And we were ready for like, okay, so like, we're gonna you know try to start having a baby. But we had so many friends who had like problems getting pregnant or whatever. Like this could take forever, and then we have nine months to plan it all out. Right. We got pregnant immediately, like round one out of the gate. And so then we're like, okay, like we're having a kid now. And by the time we took the test, we were already a month into the, the you know, the oven cooking. So we're like, right. wow, we have eight months to figure this out. And it, it, it's, it's great though. It's crazy now. but And how is your son? He's awesome. He's the yeah. chillest baby ever. Now to us, we think it's the most stressful thing ever, but then we're around other babies and we hear all the stories about how like, oh yeah, he never sleeps. Like he sleeps pretty good. He almost never cries. He just, when he needs when to communicate and then he's good, he's he's awesome. So either we'll have a ton of kids or never because he's really good. Right. Know? Yeah, it's funny. But yeah, he's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, his name is Moses. So that's fun.
1: What's his middle name?
0: Todd. So Todd is uh, after, uh, there's a family family that like our like family, like to a friend families yeah. to us. And they, like, they've mentored us a lot and they mean a lot. So whether if it was going to be a girl, we named after the woman and if it was a boy, so we named after the guy. So cool.
1: yeah. And your wife's pregnancy went well the whole time?
0: Yeah, pretty chill actually. Yeah, nothing crazy, no crazy stories. You know, obviously labor is always kind of crazy, but it was, it was pretty smooth. I had a good time. So <laughs> it, my, um, my youngest, is
1: his birthday today. Yeah. And so this morning I was like, hey, happy birthday. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, that, and even I'm a little foggy from our conversation this morning, but I'm like, I remember the day you were born. And then I begin to think like, actually, I don't know if I remember the day you were born. <laughs> right. It's all a blur. Like, was that you or is that your brother? <laughs> I have to have Michelle remind me the details. A butch kid. That's funny. But it is weird how they all kind of blend together.
0: Yeah. I imagine that. That makes sense. But I, I accidentally—we have a dog, which is not the same at all. But I will accidentally call my son my dog's name, or my dog my son's name. And I'm trying, like, I'm like yelling at our dog to go to the bathroom, and I'm like Moses, go to the bathroom. Like, wait, no, it's not Moses; it's Arwin is her name. But, is mm. it, ma'am? Do you have any? Oh, no, you have a thousand pets, so never mind.
1: Yeah, lots of pets, and I got some text messages today about another cow. About getting another cow? Yeah. <laughs>
0: So I don't know. You have such an awesome life, man. It's always funny because you look like the super hipster, you know, city pastor, and then you have this rad church, all these campuses, and then you go live out your life on a farm. It feels like like it should be like a TLC show, man. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: For real. Like, I don't know what we're doing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) That's funny. That's awesome, man.
1: Our entire life is a dichotomy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of fun, though. Mm-hmm.
1: communion flavored vapes and stuff. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's so dumb. <laughs> That's something funny though. Most I think most people are like that though. Like, like at least for me, like people always like, have the assumption like, oh my gosh, you must just love hanging around people. And I'm like, oh, absolutely not. Cause like, I'm like, I'm traveling and preaching. And I'm like, after right. this, I can't wait to get on a plane today and not talk to the person next to me. I will put my headphones on even without music. Cause I'm like, I'm tapped, man. Like I'm such an introvert. Like I love people for, you know, Thirty-minute services at a time. <laughs> we had that mission. So
1: the mission is team that trip home. Yeah. seventy-six hours. Oh, my Honestly, I don't think I talked to anybody that seventy-six hours, yeah. except to give in instruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey guys, we. They put right. us on the new flight. It's actually at a different airport. So here's That's what it. we're gonna do. Good and, talk. hey guys, our flight. I know we've been sitting here for six hours. They just delayed our flight another eight hours, and then I yeah. just put my headphones back in. Is and, what
0: airline did you guys fly?
1: Um, We were uh, Qatar Airlines. Okay. And then in Doha, it switched to American. Oh, okay. And then that's where all our problems started.
0: Mm. Darn those Americans. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So talk to me about this morning. um, Yeah. Are there, you know, from your vantage point as you're preaching, you're preaching in a bunch of different churches. Sure. Can you tell because everybody's raising their hands and stuff responding. Can sure. you tell like the services where it's like, okay, wow, something, you know, people are raising their hands, but you you just can tell in the atmosphere that it's really been soaked in deep. Or- yeah. I
0: think it a lot, we talked about this before this, uh like just how different cultures are from state to state. Like I travel all over the country and every state feels like a different country is like just, you know, because even the idea of a, how I judge things need to be different of like success. Because like, it can't be how many people are raising their hands or crying or whatever. Because you have people who aren't raising their hands, but they're crying. So obviously right. they're, they're with it, but they're just not, you know, they're just being rebellious, you know, whatever. Right. But, but yeah, I think like today went good. And I had to always remind myself every time i preach somewhere that I can't have my measurement of success based on the response of others, which is probably a lifelong thing. But it's just like, okay, like I think it went really well. And I think people get it and like, you know, you know, And it's hard to, cause I'm like, you know, I I, I think I cry too much, but it's like, that used to always be my measurement of like, if I heard from God when I was in youth, I was like, man, if I cried at the altars, that was God. If I didn't cry, I guess it wasn't, I guess it was me, which is probably actually the opposite, which is kind of funny. But yeah, but I think today was really cool. It was really fun because um, we did a similar message. The message is a little bit different, but we went through this exact same kind of model with the, your staff uh, yep. two years ago at a leader <laughs> retreat, which is cool. And a lot of people, even then and even now, like it's so funny how most people never go through uh, a prayer thing like this. Just It's just a really a unique way of praying, you know, taking, you know, step by step of, I think what it does too, it helps slow down the process and stuff like, just God, I need help to, with these feelings. Okay, right. well, let's just slow down for a minute. Like, and let's just let... Holy Spirit ministered areas we don't maybe always let them into. So I thought it was cool. Yeah,
1: that's great. It, I mean, people were coming to me and yeah. uh, talking to me about it. And
0: That's always when it's actually good because yeah. people always come to me like, that was such a good word. But that's so vague that I'm like, if unless they say like, man, that really did ABC to my life. And I'm like, okay, they actually, they're good. Right. Like, hey, good word, pastor. Goodbye. And I'm like, no, you're just, you're just full of it, man. (laughs) Like, (laughs) did anybody say anything to you specific? Yeah. One guy came up, uh, and at least for me as a guy growing up and, you know, family of origins where like emotional, uh, vulnerability was not like super a thing. Uh, and it's more now probably than it was then, but is, you know, a dude's coming up to me, you know, a pretty like, masculine looking dude, you know, uh, came up. I did finger quotes for that. I don't know why, but I did, uh, for podcast people. And he's like, dude, he's like still crying as he's by buying books. And it was kind of a funny moment. You're like, like, I, I want, I want four books. And I'm like, that okay, sweet man. And he was like, dude, this like changed me. He's like, I've been dealing with stuff since I was a kid and I'd never actually prayed through it. I thought I just had to deal with it, which I think a lot of us do. I mean, I, right. uh, you know, I even said the thing of a lot of people. They have issues when they're you know they're six or seven, and then they go forty years, and they, you know, they end up still hurting like a seven or six year old, and then you wonder why all of a sudden people will freak out at something, and it's because you're you're touching the point of them that's the six seven year old version of them, right? And you're like, where did that come from? Like that's there. Actually, our, our pastor, which is funny at our church, I was there last weekend just under him and his leadership, which is, he's so good. Um, but he did a whole thing about mourning actually, which is kind of funny going from that to then teaching on a similar thing. He talked about this thing called a horse. It's a horse issue of proud flesh. If you've heard about this? No. So it's a veterinary terminology called proud flesh. It's actually what it's called. It's where, uh, I, I would have kind of talked about it, but I just found out about it last Sunday. So, but, um, it's this idea of, um, a horse will get an infection. Something happens to them, but they get an infection and then the, the outside grows faster than the inside. So it'll look like things are fine, but if you touch it, actually it'll hurt them because it. But that's that's how people are, you know. They they usually heal on the outside a lot faster than the inside, and the only way to heal that with a horse and people is you gotta kind of you gotta cut open, man, and get in there, and it hurts for a minute, which is kind of like a preface today of like, hey, we're gonna pray this probably like five six steps. The first couple they suck, right? It's hard, and like and you need to stay with it because otherwise it's more traumatic. (laughs) If you know, if it's just hey, where did you get hurt? Sit there for a minute okay, bye. That's a terrible day. You know, then you're like, that's more trauma. But right. if you like, you realize like Jesus was there and all that, it's, it's really cool. But yeah. I know at the leaders retreat a couple of years ago and Jeremy shared it
1: uh, on, the, on the podcast before. Oh, cool. But it was, it was a dramatic transformation in his life. Oh, cool. Uh, going through the same prayer. So excited for yeah other people in the church to begin to, process it throughout the day yeah it's a cool thing i don't us. get
0: to do a lot of but i do some of it but it's really fun when it's like you get to you get to like um help your like the leaders of something go through before the lay people do and the, you know, we're all people but there's something about it that's cool and it's like oh uh even like how think like, you know your team even last night but even this morning like jeremy came up and was like you know he's excited because he, he knows what they're about to experience it's almost right. like like if you've never been to Disney and you're like, oh, you haven't tried this ride yet. You're going to love it. It's right. crazy. It's kind of scary. But at the end, you're glad you did it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, man, it's crazy.
1: There's a, Yeah. I was going to say the fear of overhyping, but.
0: Yeah. No <laughs> fear of that with you for sure. No, I am not a hype man at all, which is funny because then. Like I do a ton of, I got to do a bunch of, I don't actually do a lot of youth stuff. I just do a bunch of youth camps for whatever, which I love doing because it's basically the same thing I do all over, you know, it's right. the altar stuff. But it's always funny because a lot of my friends who are youth speakers and stuff, they're like the most hype people ever. And I lose my voice just talking like this, like this is my hype voice. And then I got guys they're screaming and yelling. They're they're, they're the actual, like my father-in-law says, the they're preachers. actual preacher, man. Yeah, they get you the know. towels. Yeah, they get to the towels, sweat. all the things, man. <laughs> yeah, man, it's cool, bro.
1: How many times do you, Are you, how many weekends or events are you scheduled through this year?
0: So we don't, well, this year we have like two openings left for the whole year. And then next year we have half of the year filled and then we're starting to do stuff in 2025. It's, it's really cool, but it's crazy because I didn't do this full-time, full-time until uh, last two Junes ago. so like a year and a half ago. So before I was bivocational, which I think is totally fine, but eventually it got too busy traveling and this is what I've been called to do my whole life. So... If anything, I was doing bivocational a lot longer out of disobedience and obedience, which I think bivocational can be amazing if it's what you're called to. Right. But so now I've been doing it. So now, yeah, we do, we max it out at a pretty low number of events actually, but just because my marriage is way more important than ministry. Uh, And so I do 35 events a year and that can be Sunday or a camp. So it can be like this quick one service in the morning, or it can be five days at a camp. So, but we do 35 events and it works out because I have friends who, they do 50, 60, 70 events a year. And it's like, I don't see the longevity of your marriage lasting that. Right. And my marriage is so much more important and my son too than a ministry. Because, you know, I could have died on Friday. Someone would have preached today. Right. You know, they would have had it. It might not have been the exact same, but it's fine. Like I'm going to die and it's okay. Like, so I'm going to, I'd rather hang out with my wife, you know. And that's a weird thing to always say to the guy who's paying me to speak. But it's like, I would hope. Like that's the people I would want to be speaking are people right. who actually care about their families more than the, right. the pulpit. So yeah, so I do 35 events a year. We talk a little bit about maybe increasing it by a couple, but some, it just depends on, it's just because we have such an influx all of a sudden of just, which is super cool. I don't know how it, what's happening, but we're getting really busy. So, and it's the question of, well, do we do more of this or do we really make sure we're doing good events? Like like Restoration Church.
1: Right. What, <laughs> what do you like, doing the most? Like when you come in, I know you've got just preaching summer camps. I know you do the Holy Spirit conference.
0: Yeah. That's probably the most common thing I do is the Holy Spirit conference where it's Sunday morning and Sunday evening. I probably like that the most because you get to take people on a journey. So, you know, Sunday morning is usually debunking, demystifying, like get a fresh understanding. And then, and the evening is more like, hey, we have time for prayer time. Uh, The people who come on a Sunday night are very engaged because like, hey, I'm here on a Sunday night or a Saturday night or whatever it is. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm here to receive, you know, to, and it makes it the easiest stuff. So that's, that's, but I like all of it. It's all very different. Like a day like today to me is actually more challenging than that because I got one, I got 30 minutes or 40 minutes to do the whole thing, uh, which I'm not used to. I'm used to doing, you know, a multiple services or a camp right. where it's five days in a row. So it's, you know, that's why you got to build a relationship really fast by making a couple of jokes and right. getting people to laugh and stuff. So,
1: Yeah. Where's your favorite
0: place to preach? Restoration church. Well, I, I don't think that's true, but- I like it a lot, actually. I think it's cool because it's, I really say this is one of like my top favorite places because you got your culture here is really rad. I don't care about churches because I speak at massive churches and tiny churches, um, but I way more fan of hanging out with cultures. You know, my my thing is always, I want to be a temporary extension of a staff for however many days. And so like with here, like, I mean, obviously I did the, the retreat with you guys last time. Like it feels like we, I was just here a little bit ago. So I really right. love cultures like this. You guys have, you have built an awesome culture with your teams and they're awesome people. Um, but I like, I like the mix of it, of like the big church and the small church. There are some churches, you know, a couple weeks ago it was a church of like five or 6,000 people. That's pretty rad. But I also have a church I'm going to later this year in Wyoming. <laughs> it's a church of a town in two, of 250 people is the, is the town the church started, or he, re, he went as a revitalization. It was eight people. And now they're at like 125 people. So amazing. when I preached at that church, I preached like the whole town and that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. And it's, it doesn't look like the sexiest, you know, it's not the stuff that's on our website, you know, or pictures cause you know, whatever, but it's, it's some of the coolest ministry. Cause I'm like, I get to preach like the mayors, like the whole, I like half over half the town is there. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's amazing. It's a really funny thing in Wyoming, but it's not cool. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah, man. What's your favorite place to preach?
1: I like home court advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like preaching here. It it seems to me, for the most part, if I preach outside of here, like it's, um, it doesn't go good. <laughs> and maybe it's just That's, maybe my own insecurities. That could be,
0: man. That's funny. You're awesome. Though. I've seen your stuff. You're good,
1: man. I mean, my I am so stressed yeah. prior up to it and... You know, it's, I it just end up a big mess. Well, it's
0: a different thing too, because it's like you have, like I said, like you have like the multiple services. You have literally years of them back to back every week. So you get to have this thing, or you can go up on stage this morning, tell some funny stuff. And it's funny because they know you. Where like, I don't have that, adv- I have more of advantage the second time, or, you know, when I'm at churches multiple times, people will know me, which is cool. And like, you get, so that's always kind of fun too, is when I'm at a church like this, like, like a second or multiple times where it's like, I feel like I have a minor version of home field advantage. It's like, I've, I've played this field before, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of
1: fun. We, we um, the, this last time I preached in Africa, so it was okay. Wednesday of last week. Yeah. I actually, through the translator, was able to get the out, audience to laugh. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. that was like my first, Well, I mean, not my first time, but like I knew going into it, they're going to laugh. Yeah. So I knew how to- phrase it for the translator yeah. so they'll communicate it and time it right. So that was a big win getting, uh, getting yeah, so, uh,
0: 200 people in a village. Yeah, to laugh. That's cool. To laugh. Do you know what the joke was or the thing you said? Yeah. When,
1: when that village, a lot of the kids had never seen white people in person before. Okay. So when we stepped out of the vehicle, it was the first time I ever experienced it, but none of the kids wanted to see you. Okay. So they, you would look at them, and if you'd wave at them, they, they'd take three steps back. Okay. And so one girl was really frightened. So anyway, when I got up, I don't remember exactly what I said, but sure. I said one girl was so afraid she ran all the way to Lake Victoria. Oh, okay. And which you could kind of see it must have been like 10 miles away. Sure, sure. So anyway, they all that's laughed funny. That's awesome. At
0: that. I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Um. So... You talked about it at the end, but but I wasn't completely listening because I had walked up on stage ready to hand over the service.
0: Sure. Thanks for being honest.
1: But <laughs> replay that back. You talk. We're talking about um to that in your book. This is included in one of the chapters.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: wh- which book and and which chapter?
0: So it's one of the le- so the Holy Spirit on a Bird came out uh, six years ago. But then we did a revised and expanded edition of it. And it looks prettier too. Uh, A year ago, like a week, actually, basically a year ago. And so we, you know, refined a bunch of stuff, you know, have new stories in it, all that kind of stuff. And then there's a chapter near the end of the book where it's, it kind of walks through that. I think it's like called like Healing the Hurt. It's one of the last chapters because I realized, you know, one way that Holy Spirit's very active is in wanting to do this. And I think that's hard to understand is that people like, oh, he doesn't really want to take this. I'm like, no, he's, weirdly excited about it, which is nuts to me, but yeah. So yeah, that's in that book. It's, it's cool. And so I
1: think you were saying other people could use that chapter to help walk other people through this. Yeah. I think it's, you know, to,
0: if you walk yourself through it or, you know, to, to give them a book that helps them with it, you know, just, it's kind of a step, that chapter is unique in the book because it's, it is a step-by-step kind of similar to how we did it this morning of like, Hey, we're going to, you know, invite God into the moment, where was it, when it started, you know, what's the lie we believe about that place. And then, you know, it's kind of walk step by step. Obviously it's a little different cause it's a book, but yeah, it's, it's pretty helpful, I think.
1: Cool, that's good. Do you keep track of how many books you've sold?
0: Uh, oh, overall? Yeah. Um, I try, we don't have an exact number. I've started now, we like super, also for taxes. Uh, at the beginning I was just like a, you know, a rebel, you know, just doing whatever, like the wild west of taxes. And unless the IRS listens to this, then I file all my things properly. <laughs> um, but now we do it. And now even like, we'll, we record like how many we sell at each church and stuff. Just so I'm aware. Cause I always bring a ton of books cause I can with like luggage, but I'm like, well, if I don't need to bring so many, then like why lug it around or whatever. So, right. um, but in total, we're probably near, um, we're probably getting close to selling like 10,000 of them. Cool. Maybe that might be a high number, but I'm going to like, I, I speak at crowds for a living. So everything is bigger. It's probably close to five thousand, but ten thousand sounds cooler. So yeah, that's it's, awesome. it's between probably five and ten thousand books, which is cool. And now, probably a thousand of those are ones that we've given away for free. So that's nothing too. So we've done a lot. We we love to give them the pastors for a lot of reasons. How
1: long did it take you to write that first book?
0: Uh, it took me a semester, and because I finished it actually when I was in college. Did you prison. do it for school? No, I no. did it because my mentor said, "Hey, you need to do this," and I was like, cool. "You're an idiot." Because I'm like, I'm I'm still in college. I don't know anything. Right. I'm like, and every, there's so many Holy Spirit books. And my mentor was like, no, yeah, but, but, but not with your voice. So you should do it. And it helps us. It's opened up so many doors to speaking and teaching. And, you know, even what's really funny. We did a Bible college a couple, like last year sometime, which was very funny to me because I'm like, I wrote this book in Bible college and we sold them to Bible college students, which is was part of it of like, I need to refresh this thing because now that I know more of what I'm doing and talking about, it's a lot easier, but yeah. So now it's a new one, which is cool. And it looks really cool. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, we really appreciate you having us here. Are there um, any other books or podcasts that, um, that you'd recommend that are, you know, in a similar vein or,
0: Yeah, I don't know. Not probably not podcasts. I'm trying to think of any books. I I actually haven't read like a book like this in a long time, so it's it's been a while. So I actually don't really have any. And my podcasts are not as spiritual or leadership driven as they probably should be. I listen to like an Xbox podcast all the time because deep down I'm still I'm still 15. You know, I'm like still a gamer. I'm still a gamer, man. And I have a child now, so that's that's dying out very quickly. But. (laughs) It's still- <laughs> I remember the first video game I could actually, my kids could play with me. Okay. Which was?
1: Like Disney Infinity or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know not
0: you
1: You know, rather, like you try to play like maybe Lego Batman or something, but sure. they'd just like be walking on the other side of the screen. Yes. You could never finish a level. Yes. Yeah. But they could actually.
0: Yeah. I can't wait for that. So my it. son, like I can't, I, I hope, I hope in the name of Jesus, he likes video games. And I also, I never did sports growing up. So, there's part of me that's just terrified of it because I know nothing about sports. But I'm also like, I'll, I'll be all in because it'll be my kid. So, if I need to be the, like your thing, you had like some, like, what was the jacket you wore yesterday? It was like a, a coach
1: jacket. Oh, yeah. It was Pee Wee football. Pee Wee football.
0: That was awesome. <laughs> like, I know nothing about football. I'm like, I'd, I'd watch a YouTube video, I'd figure it out, I guess.
1: <laughs> I coached bas- middle school basketball this year because I okay. didn't have a coach. And um, I mean, i I didn't know much. So sure. it was you, a lot of
0: YouTube yeah, yeah, videos. Yeah. You kind of have the coach look to you. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but I don't know. You look like a coach. Yeah. I feel like also your teaching style is kind of coachy. Would you consider that?
1: For like, sure. Like you feel like they have. Yeah. Storyteller and
0: yeah. right out the place. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's cool, man. Mm-hmm. Now what's, uh? I know where this is the pod, it's a church podcast. So it's fun to ask. I think what's it the next like exciting thing for you, for the church? Like what's like the most thing, like, thing you're most excited for?
1: Um, well, there's a few things. We've got Bethlehem that's going to open. we've got Easter services we yeah. um we had over 700 people at our Easter services last year. That's so your mouth. with the fourth location. that's so stupid. It could be over 900. That's so dumb. That's awesome. which um is uh for I mean we're a small that's
0: ten percent of our district. That's so if stupid we, if we did that. That's so awesome. because you so, guys are you the largest church in your district? uh I don't know. You know what? You know who says that they don't know the largest church in their district, because you can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the,
1: uh, well, That's it depend funny. I would say probably not our attendance last week was not the largest church in the <laughs> district.
0: Fine out last week. You need one of those uh, those birthday parties you were talking about last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, That's pretty cool though, because what when you came here, how many people were here?
1: I think it was 200.
0: That's pretty cool. Now I'm, I'm always just curious. What do you? <laughs> obviously, the Lord but he uses people. So what do you think has been the biggest way that you've had such crazy growth over the years?
1: Um, when I was still on on staff with my boss. Yeah. Back then we were talking and planning and gearing up for multi-site. Oh, cool. So th- I think that was it. Because like, you guys have been doing it for a long time, right? To, well, we've been trying to do it for a long time. But- <laughs> yeah. In 2010, we were two locations and I was location pastor for Dover. Oh, cool. And the lead pastor led the other location, but he resigned eight months later. Oh, wow. And then (laughs) 10 months after that, I moved us back to a single location.
0: Okay. So. That's kind of cool though. You guys were doing it before. It was like the cool thing. You know, I'm going today. I fly out to like some, you know. Mark you know, not marketing. What is it? Church multiplication something conference. Yeah, and it's all about like there's a whole thing about like multi-site stuff. It's like the cool thing now, but you guys were doing it before it was cool. It's yeah. Like, it's like when you know of a band before they got famous. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So
1: yeah, I, I think that was it. I, probably one of the things too is um just being able to like f- force healthy culture. Yeah. Or like move it toward that.
0: What does that look like? I'm curious. What does that look like? Force healthy culture. That's a cool phrase.
1: Um, So at the beginning, it was not letting kind of the toxic people maintain control of the church. Oh, yeah. So standing up to some of those spiritual bullies. Okay. And they don't look like bullies because they talk spiritual and they, yeah. everybody thinks they're spiritual. Yeah. But you know who they are. And,
0: I think Jesus had a phrase for those people. Yeah. <laughs> Bird of Vibers, I think. Yeah, I, I think it was. Yeah.
1: So I think that was a big thing, like yeah. taking shots for the sheep. Yeah. No one knows, and sometimes you not, end not up not the enemy, drinking, but
0: not a drinking game. Yeah. Not not the drinking game not of taking shots for sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. That's that's cool though. I think that was that's pretty rad. I think it's cool because it it tells the sheep that there's a safe place to be yeah. when you get rid of the you know the wolves. Yeah. That's cool, man.
1: Well, thanks for being in New Hampshire, dude. This is awesome. Sermon preaching.
0: I love New Hampshire, man. We end
1: up scheduling for 20, 2025 before it gets
0: booked. Sure. We'll make it happen, man. Now, I do have one question. Yeah. So every place I go to, I'm always curious. Like, what's like, uh, what's the New Hampshire thing? Like, is there like a cool food thing in New Hampshire? I like, guess like a New Hampshire is known for this food. Um. Besides you, because you eat your pets, basically. Right. your cows. <laughs> yeah.
1: So there's not really a good answer for that. Okay. There's like a New England boiled dinner.
0: That sounds disgusting. That uh, sounds like what like the pilgrims ate.
1: It probably was, yeah, with like <laughs> carrots here. and potatoes and cabbage and ham. That sounds like an what like an Amish thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. A New England boiled dinner. That uh, whoopie pies is a New England thing as well. Whoopi so pies. I'm always surprised that people who don't know what those. I don't are, know what
0: that is. All I can think of is an actress, and I'm positive it has nothing to do with that woman. No, it has nothing to do with
1: her. But that would that would be that. Um, which is like, you've maybe seen a picture of them. It's like two dark chocolate cakes with cream filling in the middle.
0: Yes. I've seen those before. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my gosh. What's your name? Sarah? No. Charlotte. Charlotte. Thank you, Charlotte. Talk on it. I've only met you like a bajillion times now. Okay. So that,
1: I remember the first time I met someone who didn't know what that was.
0: Yeah. I think I've seen those. We actually, as a kid in Michigan, we would get those when we go to these my mom was really obsessed with the Amish people. I have no idea. And we would, we would, she would always come back with those from those, like, things. But, but yeah, well, thanks for having me. I love this kind of stuff. Love your culture. Yeah, yeah hopefully a, they give you honor. some
1: boiled dinner on the flight home.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's Yeah, that would be the worst. If you get upgraded to first class and get boiled, whatever that is. Josh, y'all are a mess. Oh, that's funny, man. Well, cool. I'm excited to, to, man, be back with you guys. I love what y'all are doing. It's a, it's a cool thing to be a part of, even uh, in a small portion as I get to, so. It's cool, man.
1: Thank you, Ty. Right. Have a good flight home.
0: Peace.